welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 14th of January 2018, entitled, A Journey with Sin. And the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Alright, if you'd like to be opening your Bibles this morning for our scripture reading to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, for probably most of you today, it will be a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. And really, as we have been singing this morning, I guess as we were thinking on this passage, I was thinking of a number of things as we, of course, begin a new year. Many times we think of that journey that lies before us and where it may take us in the days and weeks and months ahead, but we also sometimes think of the journey where we have already passed. And first of all, I was going to title these thoughts today, if it really matters, a a journey through life, because uh, we all have that individual journey to make. But instead, I've called it a journey with sin. The difference that sin makes in, in, in all of our lives, we will all be traveling our own journeys as we travel through the life that we have. We find an account here in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, as we begin reading in verse 11. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. And he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no longer worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and Let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. His elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. He was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. 
He answering said to his father, Lo, this many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son has come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Father, we pray that as we look at this passage over the next moments from your word, Lord, may your spirit speak to our hearts. Give us that which we need today because, Lord, I don't know, and not a person here knows the heart of the person beside them, but you know every heart. You know the need today. And, Lord, you know our heart. That is our only desire, not that they would hear this preacher today, but they would hear you. Speak to the hearts that which needs to be spoken by the power of your Spirit. And may each one of us, Lord, respond in whatever way that we need to, that we can leave here differently than when we came, that we can leave here closer to you than when we came, that we can leave here more like our Savior than when we entered these doors. And we give you all the praise, the thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I have personally heard this passage of Scripture preached in many different ways. I've even heard debates over whether it was talking about uh, a Christian or whether it was talking about a sinner, whether it was talking about one that had left the Father in the natural sins of this world and come back, or whether it was talking about one that had known the Father and backslidden and come back. Now, may I say to you that you can get into all the debates that you want, but let God's Word speak to you wherever you are, because I am convinced of this. This passage was given to all of us by God to speak to our hearts. And I want to approach it today with just as we begin to look at this, so many times we fail to realize just how much that sin is our enemy. Whether you are here today, and if you have never come to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I assure you that you've never really seen the, the depths of sin or what sin will cost you in eternity or you would be running to get right with God right now before another word is said. And maybe you're here and you are saved and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you've called upon God to save your soul. But you also know just as assuredly that you're not walking where you ought to be walking with your Father, then I pray that you'll let this, because I assure you, as a believer, just as that unbeliever, neither have you recognized the depths of sin and where it will take you. For I would not need to say another word here today for you to be crying out and calling out to God to bring you back to that place that you knew Him. William Shakespeare wrote these words, and I think if I've written down my information correct, it was in 1599, so a little while ago, as you like it. Most of you have heard it, I'm sure. He said, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, 
And one man in his time plays many parts. He's saying all of life as a stage with humanity, each and every one of us as individuals entering into this at our point, at our appointed time that God has placed us, which each and every one of us are right now where God meant for us to be. This is the time appointed to us. And he says, we're looking at it as each and every one of us coming in, playing our role and going out. Well, it's interesting because as we look at this familiar parable to most of us, most of us here in the Gospel of Luke, we realize that as we begin to look at this, as we begin to look at it as the account that God has given to us, you see, a parable really is about a story, a stage that is being set, a story that is being told. It's often been said that a parable can be seen as an earthly story about a heavenly truth. As so many times, plays are given that we might be able to relate in some way to those that are playing those parts. What we read before us today is a make-believe story, but it's based upon God's principles. It's based upon the truest and greatest principles, and Jesus has given it to us for a reason, that we might understand a great heavenly truth by seeing it on the earth's stage with things that we know, with things that we are familiar to. For all of us, the question really, as we watch this story unfold before us, is where do I fit into that? Where do I fit in to this account that Jesus is giving? What does he want me to see and get from that today in my life? What, what is God saying to me with this drama that he's painting before our eyes? You see, Mr. Shakespeare said we're all players on the stage of this world, each with their exits and each with their entrances, each in his time playing many parts. As we look here today, I would ask you, well, where Jesus, as Jesus gives us this drama, this picture today in real life, where do I fit in there? And I want us to notice just a couple of certainties by... <laughs> By no means all that we could take from this account today. But I want you to notice, first of all, Act 1, if you would. As we begin in verse 11, he says, A certain man had two sons. He's painting this drama before us. And these are a family. And they are obviously, as we move on, we find that it was obviously a comfortable family with servants and, 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 and means and, and, and all of that. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. In other words, Lord, I, I want what's going to come to me later. I'd like to have it right now. So we see this picture of this family, this home, comfortable and safe. There's two brothers and a father. That's all that we know. That's the only actors that are in this part. Was there more to the family? We don't know. But it's because God wants us to see the role of these three here the conversation begins to take place. And this request is being made. Father, 
Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the father does as he's asked, and he divided unto them his living. You see, this son, and, and most of us reach this point, and we reach it both physically and spiritually. Many times we, we want that feeling of independence. It's made with every youngster as they grow and, and as they get closer to adulthood. There is that natural yearning of wanting to be independent, to be their own person. And we see this playing out here, and I think that one of the things that we could, if you want to call this this first act, the, the departure from the Father. The departure from the Father. Because after he got what was given to him, it says, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. Now this journey began just like probably many other journeys, except that he had been given to him the goods of this life that his father had, had, had given to him. You see, this is the beginning of the journey. But it's also where we see the beginning of sin in his life. Because as he took that journey into a far country, as he went there on that journey, and he moved away from his father, it says he wasted his substance with riotous living. The father gave him his request. We see this son leaving home. You see, it's been said that first goes the heart, then goes the feet. Everything with God begins with the heart. It's not our physical movements of our feet that take us to God in the first place. It's the movement of our hearts. And once our heart goes, our feet will follow. But it's the same thing when we go away from the Father, when we go away from God. It begins in the heart. It is always a heart problem. It's a heart problem that will take you away from God. But as your heart begins to depart from the Father, so will your feet. You see, this is an awesome truth that we need to recognize and realize here it was when he took his journey and he began his righteous living. You see, sin will always, always separate you from the Father. It began with greed in his heart. He wanted what was his. It began with wanting his independence to go out and do his own thing with, with what he had. It began in his heart because he had desires. We need to recognize that's where Satan comes to you. He comes to you in the world that you live in all around you. We find that it's there in that world that he'll paint you a pretty picture. You'll have those fleshly desires, those desires to do your own thing. You don't want to be bound to the Father anymore. But we see here that this departure from the Father began with the sin in his life. And that's where his journey away from the Father began. Now, the truth is, it can be applied in different ways because if you've never been saved, if you're not a child of God, it is the natural sin each and every one of us are born with that takes you away from God the Father. Now, some of us, we come to that point in life where we get that sin covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're come, we've come back to the Father, which we'll see happens here in a moment. But then, if you're honest... As a Christian, sometimes you can let the desires of this independence, 
the desires of going into this world, he can let it take you away from the Father. Sin, whether you're a child of God or whether you're a sinner, sin will separate you from the Father. It always separates from the Father. But then notice here, we've got this picture before us, and it opens, and, we've, and we, we've got this home and this family, just normal people that are living there. They've got the comforts of this world with them, but one decides uh, he wants to take a journey. He wants what's his right now, and he wants to go out into the world and do his own thing. And so he departs from the Father. Notice the Bible goes on, and it doesn't stop there, because what did it say there in verse 10? And not many days after, the, the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. You see, the scene changes. It's act two. No longer are we there in the home, in the comfort of the home, and, and the love that's being shared as a family. But because of the greed, because of the lust of the flesh, he has left that. He's departed from the Father. Sin has separated him from the Father, and he's in a far country. He's no longer near to the Father. Now, we need to recognize and realize that we see three different things here that are the fruits of that sin. He has departed from the Father, and he started on this journey of sin in his life, but the first fruit that, that we see there is pleasure, gaiety, a party atmosphere. Money's no problem. He's living it up, and all the, the people are around him. Even the Bible is honest, folks. When you depart from the Father, when that sin is something that you follow after on the journey that you take in life, there might be some worldly pleasures. The Bible says pleasure for a season, for a time. There is that. That's the first thing. That's what the devil wants you to see. He wants to give you some of those things that you will enjoy in your flesh, that will feed your flesh, remember your sinful flesh, because whoever you are, your flesh has not been redeemed. We've talked, even in the last couple of Sundays, about this process of justification, the sanctification of, of being saved. And yet, with all of that, there's still those pulls of the flesh that's not yet redeemed. The first fruit that we see here is sin. You see, sin will separate us from the Father, but sin will join you to the world. Sin is what will join you to this world. It'll separate you from your Father, from God the Father, but it'll join you to the world, just as maybe at one time you were joined to Him. But He's in this far country, and there comes this point when suddenly the devil didn't show in this part of the picture because sin will maybe take you in that first fruit to the pleasure, but the second pleasure is want. You will never, you will never be able to satisfy the lust of your flesh, the desires of your flesh. 
As you go, you'll want more and more. You see, we find he falls on the, on the hard times here, and then suddenly the, 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 the money is gone, and, and he's hungry, and he's alone, and, and all those friends that were there with him when, uh, when he had the money, when things were good, they were all there. But now they're all gone, and he finds himself alone in this far country, alone, if you would, in the world. You see, he begins to look for some way to sustain himself. He begins to look for just a, a way to survive. He's looking for, for work, if you would, and finally he finds something, uh, and it's a job feeding the pigs for a farmer. But at least it's work. You see, the first fruit that sin will give you might be some pleasure to your flesh, but that pleasure will turn to want at some point. You will not stay satisfied there. There will come this, this one, and you'll find yourself alone out there, and you see the third fruit of that sin will move to a point that the devil never wants you to see, but it's always at the end of it, and that's that degradation, that slavery to sin, that being bound by your sin. You see, there's many, many different things. Some of them is very easy for us to see. Some people are bound by, by the sin of alcohol. They think that they can handle it, and they begin to take it, and they take more, and before you know it, they're the slave to it. Some are slaves to drugs because they think they can handle it. They'll, they'll start, and this is just recreational, and we'll do this, and we'll do that, but eventually they're enslaved to it. The psalm is fornication. There's so many. is pornography and these things. The list can go on and on, but we need to recognize and realize to some folks, it could be something as simple as, <laughs> as food. <laughs> we can be enslaved to so many things. Sin will always enslave you at some point. You see, when we begin that journey, the first thing, the first danger is when we depart from the Father. We leave Him to go on a journey with sin. We leave Him Depart from him to be joined with the world instead of our Father. We find that that journey with sin will always result at the end of the way, somewhere. You say, well, well, well preacher, some people seem to do just fine out there. <laughs> they seem to have all these things that the world, and, and sometimes it seems like we're the ones that's struggling. And, of course, there are many, many other passages of Scripture that deal with that. Sometimes we can look on the world and we think it's not fair. Well, it's not fair sometimes. But we live in a sinful world. There do will come at some point or another. There is absolutely no question. There is nowhere, anywhere in history, you can't take me to one place where anybody decided to take a journey with sin and go with sin where sin took it and it ended up good. Nowhere, nowhere does it end up at the end of the way. We find that even Israel, time and time again, people try to satisfy their lives with the, with the world's goods and the world's things and all these things they put around them, and yet the fulfillment isn't there. They'll always be wanting more, <laughs> wanting more, wanting a, a bigger car, a bigger plane, a bigger boat, a bigger house, because they're enslaved to those things. We find that this young man in this story, 
Jesus is putting this before us, and he's putting it before us today. This young man starts out in the home, in the safety and the security that his father has given him. But because of the greed of his heart, he departs from the father and joins himself to the world instead. And he does have some pleasure there for a while. But he eventually finds himself in want because it's not bringing him the satisfaction anymore. And eventually, he finds himself at the bottom. Folks, he finds himself eating with the swine. He finds himself eating what no human was meant to have to take. He's at the bottom of the pile. We find that the journey, we see the departure, and we see this journey with sin, but thank God we see something else here as well. Notice what we see in verse 17. It says, and when he came to himself. <laughs> when he came to himself. That's that point as we sang earlier. You know, <laughs> God doesn't wait for us to come to him. God comes to us. This young man, he knew what he'd had with his father, but he had departed from that. Now he's got for company are the pigs, the swine that are around him. And he begins to think back where this journey began. He begins to think back of his home, and he remembers his father, and he, he literally comes to his senses here. He realizes where his life could be. He's chosen this journey. You see, you're not a robot today. You've made your own choices to bring you to the point that you are right now in your life. That's all we're asking is where are you on your journey today? You see, this young man here, even though that he's alone, the very first step in fixing that is really recognizing his need, admitting his need, recognizing the solution. When he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? I'm my father's son. And yet, here are those that are just his servants. They've got plenty to eat. They've got a roof over their head. They've got a home that they can be safe and, and, and secure in. How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Whether you ever perish with hunger in the natural world, you may or may not. I promise you this, if you leave the Father and depart from Him and join yourself to this world and take this journey with sin, there will most definitely come a time in your life when you will, you will be starving. <laughs> you will recognize that you don't have what you need. You will begin to recognize. You see, we begin to recognize that there's only one solution here. He says, I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. You see, the scene is this young man that has found himself at this point in his journey with sin when he recognizes, he recognizes just where sin has taken him. You see, I can remember right back from my youth being warned, being warned by preachers and 
I don't remember the exact words, but it went something like this, that sin will always take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. Always. Always. You may see, you may see a point on the ride. You may see, well, I just want to go there. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really. I mean, matter of fact, I don't know many people because I, I, I won't go there today to share my own testimony. But when I went away from my father, I never planned to go away from my father. I just allowed myself to take just a little bit more of what the world was offering. What I didn't stop and ponder and realize that even in accepting that journey into sin, I was separating myself from my father. I was no longer there in his household with him. I had taken a different journey, a journey to sin. I can promise you as sure as I never chose that I wanted to leave my father. I never chose that I wanted to hurt my relationship with my father. But I just simply chose. I wanted to take a little journey with sin. But I didn't realize how far it would take me. I didn't realize how long it would keep me. I didn't realize how much that it would cost me. You see, I've got to, I can tell you this from the depths of my heart. I know without a shadow of a doubt God forgave me for every sin that I ever committed. There was never any question about it. But, you know, even today, I still live with some of the scars from that journey. There's still scars. You know why? Because there was another writer that said, no man is an island unto himself. <laughs> Your life doesn't just affect you. Your journey doesn't just affect you. We're all on this journey in life, but... For each of us, our lives are so interconnected. The little things we say, the little things we do, the, the places that we go, there's effects there that will last forever and for eternity. But sometimes, you see, the Father, as here, he comes and says, Man, I need to get back to the Father. <laughs> I never knew this was where I was headed. I never knew that this journey was going to take me here. Maybe you're here today. Do you realize where you are? Do you realize that you're away from the Father? Do you realize that you're on this journey with sin in this world? Do you even begin to comprehend where the devil wants to take you on that journey, where he wants it to end with you? And do you realize, as we sing so often, how much the Father still loves you? How much the Father wants you? Because you see, we do see this first act, if you would, the the departure from the Father on this journey of sin. We see this journey with sin and where it takes him to, but thank God we can see a return to the Father. He says, I'll arise. I'll go to my Father. I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I know, I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I don't deserve your forgiveness. But we know that we find that there's really a threefold thing that I made note of here that he decides when he really re recognizes where he's at. He decides that he's going to go to the Father. He decides that he's going to confess his sin. 
He's going to own up to it. He's no longer going to pretend or he's no longer going to try to hide it. He's going to go to the Father. He's going to admit his sin and he's going to ex seek some kind of acceptance even though he's not expecting. He's not, he knows that he's not deserving. But he wants the Father to accept him back because he realizes. And we see that he tells us in verse 20, and he did arose and he came to his Father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Notice, <laughs> he'd gone a long way. <laughs> Sin had taken him a long ways from home. You don't have to go to the end of the journey where sin wants to take you to. You don't have to go to the pigsty like he did. You don't have to get to the point of want to where that you, there's absolutely nothing and you have nobody. You don't have to go there. Recognize the journey of sin, recognizing that as soon as you start that journey, you can't still be with the Father. Sin separates you from the Father. You're choosing to depart from the Father. But as you recognize where you are, it's only you that can recognize the answer, I need to go back. I need to get back. You see, I've, I've, I've shared with some of you my testimony before. I, I remember as a 21-year-old young man when I came to that point, I don't remember. I don't remember the text that the preacher was preaching from. It was my dad that was preaching, and I, and, and I know that he'd, he'd been preaching on, on, on Jesus, and it was, a, it was Easter time, and so naturally it was around the resurrection of Christ. and all. I don't remember precisely, though. I don't remember a word that I prayed. What I do remember is I recognized where I was at, and I didn't even know how I'd gotten there. I knew with everything within me, I made a decision just as this young man did here. I've got to get back to the Father. I need, I know I don't deserve forgiveness. But more than anything in the world, if I'm going to get forgiveness, I knew that it was because of what Jesus had done for me. And there was no other way back but that. I didn't have to go to the depths that I went to. I didn't have to go as far away from the Father as I had gone. But I thank God more than words could ever express that just as this young man, I realized where I was at, but I knew where I'd come from. I knew what the Father had for me. And I wanted some kind of a relationship with him again. You see, it comes back to the heart. I knew. I knew. And you know what? The devil is so good at what he does, and our flesh it gets us enslaved to these things. I can still remember. You know, may, maybe you're here today, and, and maybe you know your life is not where it ought to be. But there's still that part of you, you, you I'm, I'm not ready. I, I'll deal with that later. I'll do that later. Not right now. You see, even when I had come to recognize my position and where I was at, I still was struggling because there were still things in the world that I was hanging on to. There were things that I wasn't sure. But I had to come to realize that what I had with my father was more important than anything 
that I had with this world. Anything. You see, that's where he's at. He's there. He arose. He came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, you know, when, when I started that journey back, when you start your journey back, wherever you are on this, on this journey, I realized that when I started back, I could not even tell you today how I got from sitting where you're sitting out there to kneeling in that altar and crying out to God with everything within me. I couldn't tell you that because you know what? As soon as I made that decision to go to the Father, I didn't have to. I don't even remember another step after that. I'm sure just like here. He was there. He came running to the Son. He embraced that Son, and he kissed that Son. There was nothing that made him more happy than to know that his Son had returned. It doesn't matter where you've allowed that journey to take you. It doesn't matter. The Father is the one that's ready and willing because Jesus died for you, and Jesus knew. He knew every sin that you'd ever commit. He knew exactly where you were going to go with your life. And yet He still loved you. He still died for you. He still paid for your sins. If you'll make the move to Him, I assure you, He's there waiting. <laughs> when He was yet a great way off, His Father saw Him and had compassion and ran and fell on His neck and kissed Him. You know, He hadn't even had a chance to say, I'm sorry yet. <laughs> Nothing had been verbalized yet. He had made a conscious decision in his heart to go back to the Father before he could even get to the Father, before he could ever even say, I'm sorry, before he could ever ask for anything. The Father had come and had embraced him. And the Son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the Father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his feet and hand and shoes on his feet. <laughs> you see, the journey homeward. His father was waiting. His father welcomed him home. His father was so excited. You know, even the Bible says there's more rejoicing in heaven <laughs> over the, the one that's found in the 99 that are still safe. We find that he gives us that picture in a sense here because we see on this particular journey that we're looking at here, we see the departure from the Father, if you would, the reality of sin. That draw is there. The temptation is there. Sin is real. Sin will draw you and tempt you if it possibly can. We see his journey with sin. That, Folks, if you would, the results of sin. Sin is real and sin wants to take you on a journey and sin will take you on a journey and it will take you to a place that you don't want to go to but it will continue on that journey. The return to the Father. That's the remedy for sin. That's the only place. That's the only place to go is back to the Father. But you know, there's a reaction to sin. There's something else that he gives us here in this account because we find if we were to read these verses again, we find this closing scene. There's this, there's this great celebration because this this brother has come back that was, that was lost. He was dead, and he's, and he's alive, and he was, he was lost, and he's been found. The older brother comes approaching. 
He hears all the music and the dancing and the joy, and he wants to know what's going on. And when he's told what it is, the natural thing in him is jealousy. <laughs> you see, we need to be careful also, Christians. Sometimes if we're not careful, just as that greed went into the younger son's heart, that pride can slip into our hearts. But, but Dad, <laughs> I never went away from you. I've stayed with you all these time. I've always obeyed you. I've always done everything that you ask of me. You never had a party like this for me. You never killed a calf to have a feast for me. But yet you are for him. He says, son, don't you understand? You've always been with me, and I've always been with you, and everything that I've got is yours. But we're celebrating because your brother he was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, and he's found again. We've got cause to celebrate today. We need to be careful as believers that because somebody has slipped, because somebody has taken this journey that, no, they shouldn't have taken it, but they did. Our desire, our joy should be in seeing them come back seeing them come home. They are our brother, our sister. And the great joy is that they have found themselves where they are and they've come back to the Father. They've come back to be part of the family. You see, the curtain has already fallen. It falls on the end of this scene and that's the last we hear of it. The curtain has already fell on the scenes of many people's lives and many people's journey in this life. But I would just ask you again this morning, where are you right now? Are you still there with the Father? Or have you taken a journey with sin that has separated you from the Father? Are you somewhere on that journey right now that you need to recognize where you are and you need to make the move to come back and you need to realize his love is unbelievable. <laughs> and your brothers and sisters in Christ, they're not going to look down upon you because you've returned to the Father. They're going to rejoice with you. Thank God. Thank God I've been praying for you. I knew that that's where you were, but thank God because we're all in this together. We all falter. None of us are perfect. We find that, again, as you ask yourself here today, can I ask you just to be honest with you? Are, are you lost? Do you know the Father's love? Do you realize how much that He loves you and what He's done for you? Do you really want to take that journey that sin will take you on? Are you here and you're backslidden? You know that you're not knowing the, the joy, the peace, that nearness to the Father that maybe you one time did. It's because of sin. The Father loves you so much. He's never quit loving you. But sin is what has taken you on a different journey. Maybe you need to return to the Father today. I can assure you that He's waiting for you. If you'll just take that first step, I promise you, he's there. He'll embrace you. He's waiting with a kiss. He's waiting 
welcome you home. You see, pride, jealousy, looking at somebody else and their failures and thinking things aren't fair. The truth is, is that, man, we're all on this journey together. We need to be supporting each other and encouraging each other. We need to be rejoicing with each other. You might see me make a mistake and falter and mess up somewhere along the way. I might see you mess up and falter along the way. But why don't we try to lift each other? Why don't we be there to try to, to help each other? Why don't we be there to try to point somebody back in the, in the right direction rather than feeling like, huh, you really messed up. You don't deserve this anymore. He knew he didn't deserve it. He didn't come home because he deserved it. Today, are you enjoying the fellowship, the fellowship with your Father, that joy? Are you enjoying the celebration of being with him? And listen, the celebration that they were having, there were many people there celebrating that day. There was only one son that had returned. Everybody else was celebrating his return. We've got much to celebrate today. Every time that one soul is won into the kingdom, every time that one backslider is restored, we've got much to rejoice in, much to be happy about, much to celebrate. The scene on your life is still open. Where are you on your journey? Where do you want to be on your journey today? Father, we thank you so much that, Lord, as we have looked at this count, it is a familiar story. We're not looking at something that is new to us here today, but, Lord, it is such a reminder. Lord, sin would like to take us all on a journey away from the Father. Sin would like to work in our hearts to make us think that there's something else out there that we want, something else out there that's better, something else out there that we really want, and would seek to tempt us in that direction. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to realize we don't have to take that journey with sin. Sin will always, always, always lead us down a destructive path. But Lord, I pray today. I pray for everybody here with the sound of my voice. I pray for those that may listen later. I pray that you would just show us in our hearts, Lord, what you want us to see from this account that you gave us. This was a drama that you put before us. This was a story that you told us. And Father, you gave it to us that we could have it even here today. So I pray for each one, Lord, that you would help us to say, well, where, where do I fit in? What, what scene am I in right now? Where do I fit into this picture? Where, where is my life at? And I pray that you would help us to realize and understand wherever we are, you are there with outstretched arms, to welcome us home. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.